0: Edmonton Oilers winning last night four one over the Minnesota Wild. Thirty-five safe performance from Cam Talbot to assist each Connor McDavid now second in the NHL in scoring with eighty points. One points behind Nikita Kucherov. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins also a couple of assists. Leon Drys settled thirty-second goal. He's third in the NHL in goals. Oilers in San Jose tomorrow at five o'clock as part of Hockey Day in Canada. The Oilers hit the ice today at two-thirty Sunday at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oil Kings take on the Regina Pats. We are pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Oil Kings, Kurt Hill. Kurt, uh, you're in first place in the Central Division. And I got to tell you, when you were hired, I didn't think that we'd be having a conversation the first week of February about you guys being in first. Uh, They've been a surprise. The team's been a surprise story uh, all season long. And it's not like you haven't had to overcome some things. I know Jake Neighbors just got back. He got suspended. He's been out with injury. Matt Robertson, uh, I was here at the game the other night against uh, Prince Albert. He wasn't available to you. Uh, he missed some games earlier in the year. He didn't have uh, Will Warm for was it Will Warm that was out for a while. So, yeah. just a thought on your group, kind of, and there's five teams kind of all grouped within about eight points in the Central Division. But are you, when you look at it from thirty thousand feet, are you surprised with where you're at right now? If somebody had told you this back in May.
2: Well, I guess if you if you if we're talking about May, maybe a little bit. Well, I mean,
0: technically, you weren't you weren't officially announced because you're still working for the Hawks in May, but we all knew you were sort of taking over. But just a thought on, you know.
2: You know what? Going back to when taking over the position and coming into the season, yeah. If you if we're talking all the way back in May, yeah, definitely it would be a surprise to say we are where we are now. Um, I think the the point as a group, where we really knew we had something here and something special with our group that we have this year is. Once we came back from the U.S. road trip, you know, we started hot, we went down there, and we took it pretty good, and then we came back, and we got ourselves on a run again and that's where we were our group you know in the past these a lot of the players that we have right now have had some tough times and some tough seasons, but for them to you know lose seven in a row and come back like that and and start playing some really good hockey and playing some good hockey going into you know Medicine Hat and Lethbridge and winning in some of the tough buildings, you know at that point, uh, we kind of started to think that we had a a pretty good group, and they've showed that pretty consistently since that point
0: even last weekend you know i was following the scores online and uh you go in at prince albert they got a hell of a team i mean they're really good and they showed that to you on monday night here but uh you know you go in there and you be, you beat pa in their house six three and then you followed it up with saskatoon who finally uh you know colin priestner and dan Tenster and those guys that have worked a bit to, i mean they committed fully to the rebuild and they had some you know tough tough years there but those are the two best teams in that division and you go back-to-back and win back-to-back games. I mean, that's. I think that's a sign of the progression and the maturation of your team.
2: Oh, for sure. And you know what? A lot of it's... Uh You know, I know we talk about the coaching staff a lot. A lot of it's with our with our group is getting them to believe in how good of a team they are at this point. And you know, it's having the attitude when you go into PA and understanding in that room that we can go in there and win that game and it's you know, we're not just going into PA for another game, we're going in here to to win this game tonight and you know, that was the mindset they had going into that game. We talked a lot about it all week and now we were able to go in there and get some get some really good games out of our key players. I mean Trey had two goals that night, which, you know, at the end of the day helps us win that game. So, you know, when your best players are your best players it and when, when Trey's on, you know, we have, we have a really good chance to win hockey games.
0: Well, Trey's a 19-year-old. Trey fixed Wolanski's top three in the league in scoring right now. You got a couple 20s that you acquired at the WHL Bantam draft last year and I, I, I sense that that has allowed this team to do some different things because you you know, you basically got one guy that's a almost a two point per game player and two other guys that are point per game players That, that that's sort of taking care of some of the concerns with offense because at the end of the day you still got to be able to outscore the opposition.
2: Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I think there's right through the lineup. The offenses we're getting, we're getting guys contributing all, on all four of our lines right now, and which is which is key. The depth up front, the depth in our back end. I think you know we, we have we're really deep in both those positions, and you know w- with Alistrov, he he's getting better every game now too. Carter Such is having an outstanding year offensively, so you know we're we're doing it by committee right now, and you know. Looking back, one of the best things we did was leave that 20-year-old spot open for as long as we did because when we figured out Andrew was fighting was the guy we wanted and what he's been able to bring to this team right. and taking us to another level from a, from a physical play standpoint, helping our players understand how to win those tight games with him, winning a championship last season, I think what he's brought to our dressing room has been huge for our group. It's interesting, uh,
0: and I know I've relayed the story to you before. I remember when uh, Randy Hatch, I thought he needed an upgrade on Riley Heizer. In 1314, and he said stop like that's my glue guy that guy's an important guy for my team and i'm like you can win like randy you only get so many chances at this and you can win he goes no i gotta you know i'm gonna stick with him because it's more important to our culture and you talked about adding a guy like fighting and to me slightly you know a little bit different type of player fighting a little bit more aggressive than keezer who's now the captain at the u of a but and you know center plays of two skilled guys and he's the sort of the moral conscious of the team but there's no way to, you know, even at the junior level, to underscore the importance of having, you know, a, a character in terms of with a team.
2: No, no, it's the character side of things is huge. And, you know, we talk about sometimes what, what the team's gone through here, and a lot of guys are, you know, we have leaders in that room at the end of the day, but in junior hockey, there's not a ton of, ton of pure leaders anymore, I don't think. Like, kids don't grow up, and, you know, a lot of the times they're taught how to be a leader and taught how to be a captain of the team. And, you know, I think... Um, Trey's done a phenomenal job with our group this year. Be- and part of that's because his willingness, he, when you're getting two points a night, you're leading with your production right. in that sense. Whereas Andrew's the kind of guy that might, that can get up in the room and, and make a statement or he can go out there and finish a check to, or, or take a check to get a puck out of the zone. So he, he's a character leader on that side of things and, um, kind of a piece that we thought we were missing.
0: So you spent last season scouting for the Chicago Blackhawks or joined by Edmonton oil Kings, president general manager, Kurt Hale, Bob Stoffer with the Unwilders now. Um, I, I want to ask you a bit about three guys that I think will be first round picks in the next three years. And maybe, uh, you can educate our listeners. And uh, we'll start with Matthew Robertson, who's been in and out of the lineup a bit, uh, suffered a, I believe a concussion earlier this season, but this is a defenseman that mo- like ISS and, you know, the Craigslist, Craig button that they've kind of got ranked in around 20th overall, uh, Was with the uh, U18 team that played here in the Halenka tournament. Uh, Just a a thought on on the the year he's had and uh, whether or not you think, you know, you're a former NHL scout, whether or not you think he's going to end up being a first round pick.
2: Yeah, you know, I think some of it's going to depend how he finishes off here. The biggest thing, the unfortunate side for Matthew this year is that he's had some injuries. And now some of the, you know, as a scout, some of those guys are thinking, well, he's missed some games due to injury, and now they're going to be watching that a little bit closer. But, I mean, from the on-ice product when he has played, I think he is a first-rounder. Some of the intangibles now that he's, you know, some of the NHL scouts are going to start to talk about. So, But from the standpoint of him and what he brings to the game, the minutes he can log, um, how well he skates, you know, the size that he has and his ability to provide offense as well. He's got a great shot coming in and, and coming in late and finding ways to get pucks through. So, um, From that standpoint, no question that he could potentially be a first-rounder, but it's some of the intang- the other intangible items that now he's facing with some unfortunate injuries this year.
0: All right, Jake Neighbors, uh, who's currently suspended uh, with a hit that would have been fine five years ago in the Western Hockey League, Uh, Physical kid, bigger guy, he's got some scoring ability. Hasn't always played in your top six this season. Uh, He is a 2020 draft pick. Um, What are we looking at here with this guy?
2: Well, you know, the thing that's so intriguing about him is that he brings that that physical element and that that size element. So he's a
0: power forward.
2: He's a power forward, but he's a a skilled power forward at the same time. I mean, he's those guys don't come along very much anymore like there's so much skill in the game nowadays to find a guy that's got the size that he has at his age and his ability to get around the ice finish checks um but he and ability to score goals he scored some big goals for us this year and he's he's one of those guys that when the games are bigger he seems to play better and you know the nhl teams are very interested in him already and and he's going to be a guy like we talk about leadership and having a tough time finding leadership at a young age but here's a guy that already has that and he knows he knows what it's like to be a leader and you know he's going to be a future leader here for our team but um it's a big difference when we have a, him in our lineup and we don't have him in our lineup and we're we're saying that and he's 16 years old i mean yeah. yeah that's a lot to say so
0: he was the fourth overall pick of the batom draft a lot of guys i've talked to they've got to paid as a top 20 pick next year like they think that he's going to be there the next guy i'm going to ask you about people have pegged a little bit higher than that the number one pick in the whl Bantam draft his name is dylan gunther he's scored three goals he's got four points and i think uh, seven or eight games with you this year as a 15 year old could he play in this league right now no question no question so and there has not been uh a western hockey league player challenge uh you know go the exempt route that Connor mcdavid went or Aaron Ekblad. there has not been a guy out of the west that's done that but you believe he could play in the league right now
2: Oh, for sure I think it is. It's the way the game's going. It's, the game's not as physical anymore, so some of those younger players can play because right. of that factor. It's not our our league does a pretty good job at protecting players nowadays, so
0: And it's not a league decision. We had Ron Robinson on the show the other day. It's uh it's actually a hockey because there's the Savoy kid this year that uh is expected to be is he the consensus number one pick for Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Is, is he a forward or a defenseman? He's a forward. He's a forward. So he's he's going to probably challenge it, we're told. But you you think for sure that Gunther could step in. So you're going to have him here next year as a 16-year-old player, and he's going to be in the 20-21 draft, which, I mean, he could end up playing in the uh, Holinka in Edmonton and then also play in the World Juniors. That I mean, he's that
2: type of player. Uh, he's he, he's one of those players that can – he does things out there that a lot of players can. They just don't have the capability. Do you have a and...
0: comparable for him that we've seen in the last five or six years? I know you hate comparing kids, but jeez. So how would you describe him? Like, is he a highly skilled?
2: He's a shooter. He's a pure shooter. He can the his ability to get the puck on and off his stick, within his hockey sense. That could combine with that. Yep. Like he gets it off so quick that he beats goalies clean.
0: You got a three-year, like a three-year run here, don't you? Where, you're, or are you concerned a bit about maybe losing some of the, some of that scoring that you're gonna, you know, with with your two twenties and then trade? I mean, we assume Trey's going to go to the American Hockey League next year with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, but you're gonna, you should have a pretty good squad the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, we got it. I mean, some of our seventeen, our young, our oh ones are a great core, and with Josh Williams now too, he's only going to take a step. Ballistra only going to take a step. So we're we're excited about uh, where things are going. Um, at the end of the day, too, like with some of those younger players at the same time, you know, as much as a guy like Dylan Gunther's ready to play in the league right now, it's I think it's great that he's still playing midget this year as well because he's got the opportunity to play a ton. He's, he's the go-to guy there, and he gets that, you know, every day to be that guy. And not to say that Brad does an exceptional job here with our young players. We play right. four lines, and everybody plays minutes here. Right. But at the same time, for him to play... 15 minutes maybe here a night to 30 or 35 days playing there. It's, I mean, that's so valuable to some of the kids' developments as well.
0: All right. I'm going to ask the Gunther question, not to put too much pressure on him, but a different way. From your playing days in the Western Hockey League or during the times that you've scouted or over the last 15 years out of the West, because I'm going to go that far back, who's had the best shot that you can recall that's come
2: out of this league? Oh. Jeez. I remember when I was playing in the league, one of the best shots in the league was Setaguchi. Setaguchi could really shoot the puck. Gilbert Brule could really shoot the puck as well. I remember Brule coming. We were playing, when I played for Kelowna, he would come in and shoot the puck. on. So both first-round
0: draft choices. I mean, Gilbert Brule, it was, uh, you know, Columbus ended up, what what did they take him, fifth or sixth that year, and they passed on Kopitar, and that's Doug McLean says that's why he's not GM anymore in the National Hockey League. So I think Setaguchi, off the top of my head, went 15th or 16th to San Jose. So those are a couple guys to shoot it, but Gunther, I think, actually has a higher... He might have a, a higher, would you agree he's got a higher ceiling than both players?
2: Higher ceiling than both those players, for sure. But when, you, when for in the pure shot, I remember those those guys had pure shots when they played in the Western League where they could score at will. And I think, but you know, Dylan's going to have the ability to, to shoot the puck. He's got to continue to develop. You know, a lot yep. of it, at this point, he's been he's selected first overall, so now it's our job and it's the player's job as well not to, you know, he's got to put the, t- the willingness in to be that best player. You
0: guys be. are in a hell of a race here between four or five other teams. This is a big home game coming up Sunday
2: against Regina. Huge game. Regina's been playing great, too. You know, they're in rebuild mode, but now their guys, they they're just their goal right now is to get better every day, and they went into Lethbridge and won in a shootout the other night, and they, they took Calgary. Calgary scored five minutes left to beat them by one on Wednesday. So back-to-back games, they played well. They played Red Deer tonight. Uh, they're off Saturday, and that's our first game in a while, so our guys got to be ready to go because they play an honest game.
0: Kurt, appreciate your time. Thank you. We'll come back with this day in Oilers history. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from Rogers Place.
2: This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630
0: Shed. 151 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Do you want to mention Royal Pizza? Pizza pasta and so much more. 15 locations in Edmonton. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca, where the Stauffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Royalpizza.ca, or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. There's going to be some irony in our next segment. This Day in Weather's History brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. Back in the studio. Brendan Escott. Yes, Bob, in 2000, Trevor Linden, who was then a member of the
2: Montreal Canadiens, scored his fifth career hat-trick, but the Habs lose 5-4 in overtime to the Oilers at Molson Centre. Bill Guerin had a goal and an assist for the Oil, and Jason
0: Smith tallied the OT winner. Jason Smith was a plus defenseman every year for the Edmonton Oilers in a shutdown role until his last year in Edmonton in 06-07. That's where things kind of fell off the rails uh, with injuries and that sort of thing. Just speaking of Trevor Linden, um, two players out of the West, two centermen, both 6'3", six three, six three right shots, Dylan Cousins um, out of Lethbridge. He reminds me a bit of temperament and style of Trevor Linden, who I would assert was an excellent second-line center in the National Hockey League. Um, and Kirby Dock out of uh, the Saskatoon Blades, to me, a higher-end version of a guy like Charlie Coyle because of the reach and his ability to make plays. So... Uh, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where those no, – that's not an insult to compare it to a guy that's a good second-line player in the National Hockey League. It's just I think that people have expected Coyle to, uh, to give you a little bit more moving forward. I am going to uh, – well, you know what? I think here's what we're going to do. We're going to tease up something that uh, – 6.30 Ched's been working on of late, and the guy that's got more information on this is Brendan Escott. That's right, Bob. So uh, our feature reporter for Global News Radio 880 is Morgan Black, and she put together this little piece as the Oilers organization uh, yesterday actually took in a, a group of young Syrian refugees, and they tried skating for the first time with the team.
2: The coach, uh, he helped me a little bit
1: skating, and then he said, I'm doing great. And then he taught me uh, how to stop. On Thursday, a group of students experienced a Canadian rite of passage, their very first time on skates. Grade 7 to 9 students from Mary Butterworth Junior High joined Oilers alumni on the ice, learning from the pros. The group of 19 students are mostly Syrian refugees or immigrants, and for the grade 7 students, it was their very first time on the ice. Ha al-Zubi, a refugee from Syria, has been in Edmonton for nearly three years. But this was the first time she's hit the ice. There you go. Like, it's still like you're gonna fall, but you don't fall. She says she can't wait to share her experience with her cousins back in Syria. They're gonna say, Oh my God, how did you do it? Like, <laughs>
2: because we didn't do it in Syria, we never did
1: it in Syria. Grade 9 student Rana Juja is a bit more experienced. This was her second time on skates. It's really good because it's like a new experience and I like to like experience the new stuff and have a knowledge about them. So I really, really like to like the fact that I'm going to try something new and wear gloves and helmet and skating and hockey, you know. Their teacher, Rana Salami, says it's an incredible opportunity for the students. Having fun and playing is very important and we're just giving them the opportunity to be free with no restrictions and to actually adopt a new uh, sport. Tim Shipton with Oilers Entertainment Group says it's exciting to see the next generation of hockey fans and players take to the ice.
0: But to be able to, again, go out on the ice, the kids I've talked to, the, you know, they just want to be a part of this country. And, uh, you know, they see that excitement for the Oilers, and, and this is their chance to jump in.
1: And as for if there are any future NHL players out there?
0: Well, I tell you what, I'm doing a little scouting, and there's a couple, a couple players out there moving around the ice pretty well, so we'll keep an eye on those ones.
1: For six thirty, Chad. I'm Morgan Black.
0: Thank you, Morgan. Uh, that wraps up the Friday edition of Oilers. Now we'll be uh, back at you Monday. The reminder: of The Oilers and the San Jose Sharks, the City Ford Faceoff Show, three thirty on Saturday tonight. Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports. What's he got cooking? You're gonna hear the full interview with Eskimos GM Brock Sunderland. You'll hear from Jack
2: Michaels and Kelly Rudy as well.
0: All right. Thanks, Reed. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chad uh, Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Uh, stay warm, everybody.
2: Oilers Now with
0: Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.